Freda Hello, everybody. What's up? It is the CBC Wisdom Hour. It's number 99 for Wednesday, June 3rd, uh, 2020. I'm Steve Witchell in New Orleans. Tony B coming to you live from New Jersey, episode 99, baby. Oh, we're... 99. Do you have a guitar by you that you just played? Is that what that was? No. Indeed. You know we're in trouble when the drummers start learning how to play guitar. That's what's happening in this uh, pandemic. Drummers are all learning how to play guitar. You're going to come back. We're going to take a step down and do something not as challenging for a change. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's just different. (laughs) Thank you. Be here all night. Episode 99. What's up, brother? Oh, man. A lot happens in a week, huh? Jiminy Crickets. Whew, you ain't kidding. Yeah. Um, I didn't say it to you, but I figured you might have figured it out, but I just didn't want to do it yesterday because there was the Blackout Tuesday thing going on in the music industry, and I wanted to kind of respect that. Indeed, yes. I didn't. Uh, I didn't do anything cover band central wise yesterday. I just I uh, uh, tried to honor that along with the music industry. I don't know how how much it's going to have an effect, but uh, certainly increased awareness, which is good for things. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, shit, man. <laughs> It's one thing crazy after times, another. brother. Crazy, get crazier every day. Yeah, like last week, you and I were just we were talking about the whole coronavirus thing, how it's affecting musicians, and and speculating on when things are coming back, and blah blah blah. And now that conversation just went uh, to the wayside because of the uh, the killing of George Floyd by a police officer and, and the ensuing. Uh, uh, reaction to that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chunk's here. He said, hello, boys. Hello, Chunk. What's up, Chunk? Um, so how much have you followed along with that, or did you just stay away from it? I I watched enough of it to understand what was going on and to see what was happening, but, I mean, you know, it, it's... You know, you see both sides of it. You see peaceful protests that, you know, are, are putting the message across. You know, you see people taking advantage of the situation. You know, you see people on the news, like there was a guy in Times Square saying, here's my store behind me that I was about to open, you know, with phase, you know, upcoming for COVID, you know, finally getting back to work. I'm going to be able to open the doors. And, you know, behind him, his store is gone. The, all the glass is broken. Everything's gone from inside. It's all looted. You know, it's destroyed. So he said, you know my life savings this is my you know my whole thing here and i get the protesting but you know what am i supposed to do now right 
you know, so that that repercussion of it is just a sad reality of the byproduct of the, of the violence, you know. But uh, again, it doesn't get it doesn't, you know, the, the world needs a change. It, like it needs to be enlightened where people need to love each other and see, you know, everybody as, as one and not as, as all these different sects, you know, that we say uh, that do exist in the world. But it's just, you know, I get the protesting, but at the same time, you know, think about that with with all the, the COVID, you know. Now there's tens of thousands of people standing shoulder to shoulder all over the place. Most have masks on, which is a good, you know. But, you know, who knows what that's going to look like in two weeks. We're going to find out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, it's like, it's, like, it's like a comedy of errors if you think about it almost, you know. You do the social distancing and everyone, you know, for the more, you know, by and all the most part, take heed and do what they're supposed to do, shelter in place and limit everything and shut it down. And then all of a sudden this happens and, you know, you might undo the two months of, of what we, you know, who knows what the results are going to be. Like you said, you got to take it one day at a time. So I'm not getting too invested in it. You know, I understand, I, you know, I, I, you know, my position on things like that. There's, there shouldn't, there should be no, we need to stand up for the inequalities and injustice in the world, you know, but it's, it's everywhere. So it's not just, you know, a few people protesting. It's, it's people have to change their way of thinking. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And I've thought a lot about this. I, I mean, along with many people over the last few days, especially, and took in a lot of the information from, from, uh, from all sides and, uh, uh, you know, re reading people's experiences and, and seeing interviews with people and their experiences and, and, and a, a lot of the uh, posts on Facebook from people I know, too. Um, and there's definitely, it's like this thing that nobody talks about that's there all the time. And that's, that I think that's what's coming to the forefront now is, we're talking about this because it, it's you, you just can't ignore history and and racism is is taught you learn it you learn that there's differences between people you know and it's not just race in, in how you judge differences but we learn it um, and the 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 trick is to unlearn it which is difficult well, it's also, you know, that 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 cop's just a bad guy, just a bad person, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's just bad people in the world. There's bad cops. Not everybody is, you know. They shouldn't all be stereotyped. Just, you know, they both shouldn't. Yeah. Always, you know, there should be no stereotypes in that matter because it's good and bad in, in all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's people are people. Some people are are bad and some people are good and it, you know nothing else matters no matter their gender or their race or any of that matters they're good people or not um but black people have definitely been living with this uh this thing that privileged white people don't need to deal with where they get uh people people are more suspicious of them just because of the color of their skin 
and it's it's a thing that happens it does happen you know to with most people and i've heard a lot of you know the people who are just good people that are black people that talking about this it's like it's just a, it's a difficult way to have to navigate through life where where you know that you're going to be judged for something based on how you look and in a look that you can't change it's it's how you were born and that's got to suck it really does you know like i i mean i remember being younger and having long hair and being sort of discriminated against because of my hair um but that was something I could change. You know, it was my choice. Um, you know, it's you're you're born a black person, you're a black person, and you you don't have a choice. And there's a lot of black people that are really good people, that are really smart, that are really kind, that are really generous, that are really innocent. And yet society does. It's just a fact, man. Society does look at that and and make a judgment and that's the thing we have to admit and that's some people just aren't there man well and again it comes down to like i can remember being a kid and and you know a, a teacher when i was in the grammar school saying so you know if you're yelling at this you know like you have you're you're made you've made another kid cry right so you're saying so you, it was more important, you know, think about this, that it's more important for you to get your point across to the other person. And if they don't agree with you, then to insult them and make them cry so that, you know, until they finally, you know, you you believe that your opinion or your point is now being, you know, understood and that you're forcing it on them. And, or would you take into consideration to say, you should feel bad about making the other person feel bad about crying, right? Like you couldn't get your point across without making the other person cry. Then there's a problem there, right? Because if you can't take the other person into consideration and say how you're making them feel to get your point across, you know, that's, that's a big deal, right? So as kids, it's like, it's easy to learn that. You just say, okay, well, you know, I'm sorry, Johnny, you know, that I, I spoke to you that way because I hurt your feelings and I know that you're, you know, it's more important for me to care about how you feel than for me to make you understand my point. That's what's missing in the world, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. For the greater part of society. Yeah, putting up with, uh, other people first. Understanding. Or, ju or just understanding that, like you said, you know, like, you know, like instead of hurting that person, like if you had a little puppy, right, and you loved it and it was yours, you wouldn't do things to hurt it, right? But it's like no one treats humanity like that because I don't even know you, you know, and get out of my way. And people mentality of that, it's like me, me, me. But it's it's all connected to everything, and that that's where the message is lost, you know, that the people just aren't grasping anymore. You know, like we talked about with the planet doing a reset, you know, with this whole COVID thing to kind of rejuvenate itself. And this is another part of the reset, too, I yeah. think. This is major. It's worldwide. Think about that. You know, it's not just like, you know, uh, Rodney King riots, you know, when in L.A. isolated things, you know, or Newark riots back in the day and, you know, Patterson riots that were isolated. This is global, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's not... I've heard a lot of people say it's like we can't go back to the way things were. And it's just like with with COVID. That's how we were thinking. 
And now with this, it's gone real far. So I don't know, man. Um, it's well, it's, if, you, if you can't manage nature, it ma- manages itself. Yeah, true. You know, we got an asteroid heading for Earth too. <laughs> Well, kind of stuff, dude. I got a tornado watched by my house for like the next half hour. Do you really? Yeah, yeah. And we we have, yeah, and we have a a tropical storm. If I vanish, it's because I lost power. I'll just I'll drop off. I'll be gone. Okay. I'll call you in Oz. (laughs) There you go. My cell phone still works now. Yeah. Um, Yeah, we got a a tropical storm in the Gulf of Mexico that's going to make a beeline right up the gut of the Gulf of Mexico into into uh, the Gulf Coast. And uh, that should be around Sunday. Mm-hmm. So and good so, times. So it begins. <laughs> Hurricane season just started June 1st. Yeah. A weekend. So it begins. Yeah, Monday. There you, there you go. 2020 is not even half over, pal. <laughs> not even a week into hurricane season. Here we go. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um so anyway, yeah, like I've been thinking a lot about this and what can I do? What can I do? The only thing I can do is take care, be responsible for myself, um, you know, which is what I always do. And I, I just be more cognizant of it and not be afraid to have the conversation with a black person because I know a lot of black people um, being in the music industry. Um, so just being, just being, having the awareness of what they go through you know, people that are good people, but they have to, they do get, you know, picked on and stereotyped and, and singled out because of the way they look. It happens. I see it all the time. Um, and I understand. But, but you know, it's interesting to not to cut you off. They were saying that like the New York City police force is comprised of more black than, and, and, and minority than anything else. Okay. I just came to mind because they were protesting police today saying, you know, with brutality and stuff like that. And I remember the commissioner saying, like, we, you know, inequality exists everywhere. But in our department, we, you know, we're not primarily a white department. Right. You know, they think they understand the struggle that you're talking about, you know, because of their ratios of, of, of mixed of, of culture. Right. So we'll see, dude. Like you said, you know, 400,000 people supposed to go back to work on Monday in the city. You know, really? Times Square is all banged up and looted and things broken <laughs> everywhere. And it's like, uh, you know, it's going to push this back even more. Even more. Um, you know, for some of these places to reopen because now they're not going to be ready. They can't. Yeah. Some of them are going to be shut down. Possibly for good. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. Some of them, you know, who knows? Hopefully that's stopped now. I mean, how's, it, how's it been down by you as far it's, as any type of uh, protest? They, they, there have been some organized protests, all peaceful, though. When you're craving church's three-piece classic, there's no other option. Two crispy legs, a thigh, and a warm honey butter biscuit are the only way. And that's why we call it a classic. Church's Texas Chicken. Tap the banner to find your nearest location. Offer valid at participating locations. Um, I think there was one yesterday. I saw a blurb about it where they were on... There were people on I-10, which is the major interstate through New Orleans, uh, through uh, the Gulf Coast, um, and people were walking on it and blocking traffic. Um, but peacefully, nobody was breaking windows or anything. Right, right. 
Um, so I'm glad I wasn't driving there while that happened because, it, you know, you have to sit there and wait a long time. I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, no, other than that, nothing, nothing really major here. So it's good. No, it's good, man. You know, like I said, the world's going to forever be a changed place after this, you know, how every, everything operates. It's just weird. Yeah. New, New Orleans is a predominantly black community, too. Uh, um, definitely where I live. Um, so, you know, and most people here are Southerners, and they're comfortable where they are and what they do, and, and they're not pissed about uh, stuff. I, I, I mean... I haven't heard any stories in New Orleans of cops being overly aggressive and uh, ever. Right. Here. Right. And I've seen, you know, police presence all the time working in the French Quarter. Um, and they're usually all really cool and do the job well. So, so yeah, thankfully. And hopefully this all dies down now that they uh, arrested the other three guys today. So. Yeah, like I said, there's always going to be bad, you know, within the good, right? But you can't. Can't overlook that when they're saying just get rid of the police, you know? Who are you going to call when you need help, you know, when the when you really do need help? Right. You know, right. And need them to come to your aid for something, you know, regardless of what that might be. Right. You know, there's plenty of good guys out there put, you know, putting their lives on the line every day. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, most people are good people, man. Yeah, but it's, like I said, tough all around, you know, because it's just uh, – like I said, very tense situations everywhere, you know? Yeah. So I want to... I picked a... Uh, every week I try to do a video of the week. I miss some weeks here and there, but... Uh, I I tried to find this song in particular. Um, and I, I wanted to find a, a really good cover version of it. And it didn't take long for before I found this. Um, and it... It's it's this uh, this girl, young lady. Her name's uh, Emily Albert. She's from Los Angeles, and right. the video is her, just her playing guitar and singing, and uh, it's just incredible, man. And and I did a whole post about it and shared it, and it's gotten a lot of good likes out there. So thank you guys out there for sharing it and continue to share it because it's she's just really good, dude. And I'm going to play it. We don't usually play music here, but I'm going to play this so you can hear it. And you can cool. hear it and you all can hear it. There you go. Emily Elbert. It's uh, What's Going On by Marvin Gaye. Whoops. The team's coming back. Oh, Yay. no. I'm sorry. No, they're not. They're using Monday.com to manage their projects online. Come a bad central. I don't know what the hell I did. All right, let's try this again. Here we go. I won't touch anything this time. Mother, mother, there's too many of you crying. Oh, and brother, brother, brother. There's far too many of you dying You know we gotta find a way To bring some love in here today Oh my father 
the father There's no need to escalate Because war is not the answer And only love can conquer hate You know we gotta find a way To bring some understanding here today Picket lines and picket signs Don't you punish me with brutality Come on and talk to me So you can see what's going on, what's going on, what's going on. I want to know what's going on. see it if you go to covermancentral.com you can see the the link to this whole thing and you can watch it watch she looks like a 13 year old girl but she's actually when she did this video she was in her 20s she looks just extremely young but um especially watching her play, play guitar it's like it's just really good I, I, that was a really good find um yeah for sure how new is that what rare reason is that uh, four years ago, it was 2016. She did this, and it didn't oh, wow. have a lot of. That's one of the things that I look for is is something that I think is really good that doesn't have a a lot of views that really deserves it. And she only had like 146,000 views on that in four years, and I'm like, that's ridiculous. You know, this people need to see this video. So hopefully that helped. Um, and that's that's kind of what I want to do. I want to be the like person discovering um artists that that uh that need some help they need to be championed kind of like a simon cowell of the cover band world well that's what it's all about man 
Yeah. Van Central. That's the platform was started, right? Yeah. I, you know, and I really dug into that, dude, uh, over the last week of just getting back to the, the origins of of why I do this. And it's it always comes back to because I love music. That's what it always, because that's, that's it. That's why I do it. And uh, I was watching uh, this guy, Jeff McCarty. He's a, a drummer and a singer here in New Orleans, and he's I've worked with him a couple times where he was playing drums and then a couple times just like jump with him jumping up on stage uh, singing. Um, actually, no, I played a gig with him singing too. too. Um, and f- one of my favorite singers in New Orleans that I've worked with, and I've worked, worked with a lot. He's really, really good, really good musician. Uh, he's got a record. It's really good. His name's Jeff McCarty. So you can find it on uh, Amazon and all that. Um and he did a live stream on Saturday, and I wasn't able to see it, um, but I watched it the next day, and I watched the whole thing. It was just so good. And I was like, man, I just love music. I love hearing guys that can sing and and cats that can really play and, and just cool. I, I mean, and he mixed it up with covers and originals, and it was like an hour, 45 minutes. I watched the whole thing. Or at least listen to the whole thing. Um, I was just digging it. I'm like, man, yeah, that's it. That's why I do this. Uh, nice. Life of purpose, my friend. Yeah, and I went to a party on Saturday at my friend's house, uh, my friend Glenn, who I've uh, played with many Yes, many, I've many jammed years. with Glenn as well. Yes. Glenn. And a bunch of his buddies getting together, and um, his son was there. His son is 15, and his son's friends came over, and they were playing beer pong and stuff, and uh, this old big old backyard barbecue kind of thing, drinking beers and whatnot. And that's the first time I've been out, like, around people that I know in two months, two and a half months. So that was cool. <laughs> it was cool to be around people. Nice. And, yeah, and just for sure. And nobody's wearing masks. We're all just hanging out. So I think that kind of thing is going to keep happening with other people too, especially now in summer. Um, you know, people are going to say screw it and just go have backyard parties because you can't stop somebody from doing that. Um, but they were playing. They played. Uh, the there were t- with Glenn. There were two other guys there that were in a band with him a long time ago, like, you know, when you and I, same era, like the early 90s, doing stuff. And uh, they had, they played me some of their tracks they had recorded, and really good. I was like, wow, this is, this is killer. I want, I want to have this on my, my, my uh, Amazon playlist, and, and uh, uh, just really appropriate for the era, but still, like, holds up. And, uh, and I was digging that too. That really got me into. That's I think that's the thing this week, this weekend that got me just back into. Man, I just love music. I love hearing new music and or hearing new in- interpretations of things, and it never gets old. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, his his son was there with his friends. It was it was difficult to gauge what those guys wanted to hear musically, and I I really kind of wanted to know. They were just too involved in their beer pong and stuff. Um, but one guy was like, 
play some Ozzy. <laughs> like, okay. Play some Ozzy. The, the technology still fascinates me, man, with the Bluetooth, with your phone. Somebody has a Bluetooth speaker. You just, uh, you can look, and Amazon, you just go on and look up anything, anything, and then just play it wirelessly out of the speaker. <laughs> we talked about sock draw, play, Iron Maiden, run to the hills. <laughs> it's still amazing to me. Like, I can't even believe it. Like, it's it's hard to pick songs that when you're like, uh, all right, you can just pick from anything or pick bands. You can just pick from anything, anything at all. Oh, man, it's too many choices. Choices are good, Steve. That they are. So I'm doing this thing with my brother, too. I told you uh, every Friday night, we, me and my brother and three or four other people, we do a Zoom call and we pick a topic or, or a band. Some One person picks a band and you have to come up with the top 25 songs, your top 25. And we, we all get together and we drink and Zoom and, and yes. Yes. do the countdown. And it's fun, man. That's another thing that's really gotten me into music more lately. Just not, you know, not ignoring everything else that's going on in the world, but just taking a, a break from it and just talking about music. It's fun. Fun thing to do. And so the next thing... <laughs> That he picked that, and we're doing it in two uh, two weeks. Well, so a week from this Friday, um, is we have to pick our top twenty five al- our top twenty five like desert island discs, twenty five albums, that out of everything, out of all of music, you got to pick twenty five. And uh, that that suggestion <laughs> was met with some resistance because uh, it, it's a difficult task. That is, that's a that's a pretty hefty undertaking. So you put some real thought into that. Yeah, that that's what the conversation was about. Like, um, the, or the argument was that you know people were saying, "Yeah, I got to put a lot of thought. There's so many albums. Like, how can I leave this one out?" And blah blah blah. But on on the flip side was that you have to really think of albums that you love, and albums that you really really love should pop into your head right away. I was gonna say, what's the criteria? It's just your, your top twenty-five albums. Your top, your de- like your Desert Island discs. If you were okay going to Desert Island, what twenty-five yep. albums would you what bring? Twenty-five would you bring with you? So then, when I thought of it that way, I was like, okay, th- this is easy. There's a bunch of albums that just come to mind that like that I I've listened to over and over again, and I will still listen to over and over again, and never get tired of it. So, you know, uh, how about this for a qu- a, a quick. Uh... A little quiz question. So if you're stuck on a desert island, right, and you could only listen to one decade of music, what would it be? I know that immediately for me. Go ahead. The 70s, 1970. So everything from 1970 to 1979. Correct. Cool. And why are you so vehemently quickly saying that that's what you'd pick because the 70s for my lifetime really with music hold the best memories um maybe because they've been around the longest too but i like i'll i'll listen to um 
when I'm driving, I have Sirius XM in my car, and I'll, I'll go to those decade channels and listen 70s and 80s and 90s, 2000s. And I always end up back on 70s. There's something that feels best about that era of music to me. Um, and I know I'm familiar with a lot of it, and it's, it's just, it just it makes me feel good listening to that music. Um, so that would be my, de- my decade. Nice. Now, do any of your top 25 albums exist from the 70s? Let me see. I have, I've written 21 albums already. Um, Yes. Oh, when is this due, Friday? No, next Friday. But as we were on the Zoom call and I had that revelation, like what are some albums that I know I I love listening to all the time? And that was easy. I I just started writing down, oh, yeah, that album, definitely. That album, definitely. So I came up with a list of 20 one albums in like 10 minutes and do you have any albums that are multiple from the same artist yes wow you want to guess what Zeppelin, artist? Zeppelin, Zeppelin no not Zeppelin although no. that might happen but not yet <laughs> uh, okay want to take another guess Van Halen no, all that wait. No, and that and again that might change. Okay, but I do have one Van Halen and I do have one Zeppelin. So far. Wow, two for two, pretty good. Yeah, but there's one artist that I have three albums <laughs> by them. Oh wow, really? Yeah. Can you give me a hint? It's not an artist we've talked about a lot, I think. So I don't necessarily know your feelings on this artist. Is it an artist or a band? It's a band. Okay. Um, and these albums are all from the 70s. Three albums. James Brown? No. We just said it was a band. Oh. <laughs> Hmm. The Who? No, that's a good guess, though. Um, I ha- only have one of The Who so far. Hmm. It's a band we really haven't talked about much. Not too much, no. Influential on your playing, or you just like them? Uh more yeah not not so much as influential on my playing more just because i like them <laughs> like you just said beatles uh n- not the beatles no i only have one beatles album on there so far but also another good guess how about genre can you give me a hint on genre rock so not metal but rock right 70s yeah, 70s rock. Yes. A, a, a mega band. Mega band in the 70s. Oh, yeah. Journey? No. Boston? No. Hmm. I don't have... I have Boston's first album on my list. I don't have any Journey. Yes? Not yes. 
and I wouldn't put a Yes album on there. I was never like, like I respect Yes, Roundabout, um, you know, uh, seen all good people and all the, the you know, the, the yeah. albums. I, I used to listen to them, listen to, uh, 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 what was the name of the album with Roundabout? I don't remember. But I used to listen to that. Um, and I just, I John Anderson's just not my cup of tea, really. No, but that was the album we always listened to. What was the name of that album? I don't remember. Um, yeah, I can. I, I mean, I love Chris Squire. Obviously, he's just an incredible bass player. Um, and Steve Howe, guitar player. I I just never dug John Anderson way of singing. Um, Chunk guessed Aerosmith, and he guessed Kiss, and neither of those are correct. I don't have. I don't have an Aerosmith or a Kiss album on this list yet. Roundabout was on Fragile. Fragile, you. that's it. Yeah, thank you. I should have known that. Jeez. Long Distance Runaround was on there. Heart of the Sunrise. <clears throat> All right. Think think about things in particular that you know about me. Mm-hmm. That that maybe you know no my my close friends know about me. Um, that you would know and relate that to music of the 70s and you'll figure it out. No, that's not a good enough clue. Jeez. Not really, dude. <laughs> uh, all right. Should I just give it away? Because Chunk's Chunk and you are the only ones guessing. Nobody's guessing. No, not that quick. Just a little, a little more information. Like Mick. Okay. Uh, I, this might be a dead giveaway, but one of the albums, one of the three that I chose, has been on Billboard's uh, top two hundred albums chart for uh, decades. Queen. It's, it's broken records. Not Queen. ACDC. Nope. ACDC was more 80s to me. Like, Back in Black came out in 1980. So before that was Dirty Deeds and Highway to Hell, which were were good. And I might, I, I did put Back in Black on here on this list because I think that's just one of the best rock albums ever. Um, but not, yeah, ACDC was more like an 80s thing to me. Doobie Brothers? No. Mega, mega, mega band. Mega band of the seventy. I'm trying to think. Like they they toured stadiums um, later, you know, in the eighties. And I said Queen. You said no, right? Right. In the in the Warner. 80s. No. It lasers and pigs. Oh, Pink Floyd. Yes, <laughs> Pink Floyd. Sean gets Pink Floyd. He got it too. Nice. I was gonna say Floyd early on, but I didn't know that. I didn't think you were that into Floyd. I love Pink Floyd. I just love the yeah. Um, I grew up with that. The Wall was an album that I just played to death. Um, and Dark Side of the Moon has been, you know, it's one of the best concept albums, in my opinion, too. Um, w- with killer, just amazing songs, and seeing them live, seeing them before this, perform these. Just uh, oh yeah, the best things. And my other uh, album is Animals by Pink Floyd, which is just one of my favorite albums of all time. 
It's it's uh, musically just killer, front to back. I have seen Floyd many times myself. Very have good. You? Where did you see him? Yankee Stadium. No, I saw them. Oh, let me think now. I saw them uh, at Brendan Byrne Arena. Okay. A couple of times. I saw them at the Garden. And I saw them, I believe, Nassau Coliseum. Wow. Yeah, I saw them at Giant Stadium and Yankee Stadium twice each each of those places. Yeah, maybe maybe Giant Stadium. I don't think so though. Now it wasn't it wasn't that big of an outdoor venue. Wow. I don't remember them playing Brendan Byrne, but Yeah, because they played and they had the pig that would shoot across. It was momentary lapse of reason tour. They played yeah. Brendan Byrne. Yeah. Are you sure that wasn't the Giant Stadium? Were you doing shrooms? <laughs> No, I was not. It, that's why I said a Giant Stadium, but I don't remember. I didn't think it was outside, though. Yeah, I definitely saw him outside Giant Stadium. I remember it vividly. Yeah, still, it might have been. It might have been. I still have my ticket stubs. Because all the concerts used to be either at Giant Stadium or at Brendan Byrne, right? Like you said, if it was Floyd or if it was uh, like Brendan Byrne Arena, I saw so many acts there. You know, I saw Billy Squire. I saw Queen. I saw Van Halen. I saw Motley Crue. I saw... Stevie Ray Vaughan, I saw George Thorogood, you know, I saw Van Halen, I saw Deep Purple. I mean, the, the band upon band upon band, you know, mega bands played Brendan Byrne. Yeah, me too. Brendan Byrne was my go-to place for yeah. for a long, and it was so cl- close relatively, you know, to yeah. like Maiden. I mean, everybody. Maiden. Yeah, I mean, I saw that, De- was, that was the pit stop. It would do Garden and Brendan Byrne. Those were like the two venues back at that time, you yeah. know, before the Barclays Center and Prudential and all that kind of shit. And back at that time, Brendan Byrne was awesome because it you didn't have to go into the city. Like it, it was a big deal it, living in North Jersey. A big difference between going to East Rutherford and, or going into Manhattan. Like that's a that's a big deal. And then it, they had the big, yeah. big parking lots where everybody tailgated. And yeah. there was no policing of it, really, the, uh, at first, you know, when we were younger. We were yeah, because people, again, Duke's people were cool, right? People weren't starting fights and being dicks. Like, everyone, it was a cool hang, you know? You see people that, you, you know, I remember going to see Rush, you know? And it was like, you're all there for a common thing, you know? I remember seeing Maiden there, and everyone was there for a common thing, you yeah. know? Yeah, we used to have the meeting place at D23 was our... our our uh, place in the parking lot where we always met. It was D23 or 23D, one of those. D23, I think it was. And that's, that's I, it's so amazing that I remember that. Like, Yeah, but that was it. That was exactly how you remembered to get back to your car at the end of the night. But that's how we would also, also like, meet our friends. Like, everybody in school, right. we're going, hey, everybody, D23, that's where we're going. And, you know, everybody be there. Yeah, and, and tickets were cheap, so you could go to a lot of shows. You know, I, I saw ACDC there. I mean, I, I saw 100 shows at Brendan Byrne Arena. Yeah, oh. me too. We would go there a lot without tickets and just get, buy them from scalpers. And scalp. And scalp yeah, them. absolutely. That was like a regular. Remember that? Like, scalpers were walking around all over the place. And just, like, it wasn't hard to find a scalper. Nobody was really policing them. Well, I can remember when we would see Floyd. It was for, for, on that tour, and like I said, it was Giant Stadium. And I remember being—we saw them, 
And then they were there for like three nights. And we saw them the first night, didn't go the second night. And the third night, remember my buddy called me, it was a school night, you know, and he was like, dude, let's go to Floyd and scalp tickets. Right. And I was like, all right. We called another friend of mine. He was like, yeah, I'm good to go. Like I did my homework. I'm good. I'm like, let's go. And we got in the car and we drove there. Same thing, dude. You just pulled in the parking lot. There was no pay to park. You just pulled in, right? You found a parking spot. And then we just started walking around. And we waited and we waited and we waited. And I remember it was like, you know, showtime, like show started. There was guys outside and the guy had these like awesome mezzanine seats. He wanted like 200 bucks for them. Like, do we give you 50 bucks for both? Yep, there you go. <laughs> and the guy was like, oh, man, you know, and took it because the show started. What are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. The last guy's out. You're going to, you know, sell them to us or, or keep them. We used to and do we the same. In it. We got, and they were great seats, dude. And they were like the mezzanine level. Right. Like like uh, five rows back from the edge, you know? Yeah, that's so great. So constructed view. It was really cool. We used to do the same thing. There was like an art to it. Me, me and my brother, we were both really good at this. We, we, we would, and just like you said, man, you know, you got to know who to find and know that get the timing of it and, and see what's going on and, and haggle down all the way down and like, well, you're, then you're getting nothing. You know, you got to be the one in charge. And that's, that worked a lot. It was, a, it was a thing we did often. Like, we're just going to go scalp. You guys got tickets? Now we're just going to go scalp. And it was, it was a different world, like you said, because the dudes were just walking around with tickets and there was nobody policing them. You know, there was no one harassing them. You know, like I said, there was, it was just a different time. Yeah, and and the face value of of tickets back then was a lot cheaper. I mean, a lot cheaper for for you know considering what they charge now. Um, so even scalp tickets were weren't that too bad. You, usually, but I'm saying, you if you, you had legit ticket, you could spend like twenty seven dollars for really really good seats. Right, right. You know, like next to the stage on that, you know, like ten rows back <laughs> on the side there. Right. And we used to do the whole, we're going to move. We're, we're going to find a better seat. Because, again, back then it was the security oh, wasn't yeah. wasn't that bad. People were smoking inside. You know, people were smoking weed. It, it was a it was a looser time. <laughs> and we would always, yeah, we had we always had a strategy. And my brother, too, he was just, he, he wasn't fearless. You know, like, all right, let's go this way. Let's go this way. Go. All right. That guy's not looking. Let's go. And we would go try to get a better seat. It, and, uh until you got caught. Sometimes you got caught and sometimes you didn't. You were just like, okay, this is I'm, yeah. this is where I'm sitting now. <laughs> and what do you got to lose, you know? Like if you get caught, you weren't getting kicked out. They just told you to get out of the section. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they weren't arresting you or anything. It was much simpler, easier, fun times, man. Think about it, right? Like look what the world has evolved into. Uh, it's horrible. We can't go to concerts anymore. <laughs> it's, yeah, so- it's crazy. They're doing the drive-in things. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I don't see it working, but... Uh, yeah, Chong just said he remembers the people throwing firecrackers. That was a normal thing at concerts, to, to go and hear a fire... And you would cheer. You hear a firecracker. Yeah. Oh, I remember someone throwing an M80 at Bruce Dickinson at, at, at oh, uh, the Garden, sh- and, he, I, yeah. and he dove off the stage into the crowd after the guy. I remember that, too. Stopped the show and everything. M80's not cool. Firecrackers, fine, as long as you're throwing them way up in yeah. the air. But M eighties. But imagine that, like back in the day, like you just walk in with an M eighty in your pocket, nobody's even checking. <laughs> I know. 
they were looking for yeah remember with the biggest i remember one of the biggest offenses that you could uh commit going into a concert was having a camera or yep. or some sort of recording device that was the the biggest sin out of everything yeah and, and beers snaking beers in was a big thing too right but and now everybody has a camera and a recording device in their pocket everybody does and they use I, it dude i i remember walking in line with the you know sneaking beers in and my buddy was in front of me and he was a tall guy and as you walked up to security there was no booth to walk through you know what i mean you picked your hands up and they did the wand and that was it and they walked it through you know checked your pockets they frisked you down you know right he had a bud tall boy that he just opened online and he's like dude what are you doing like we have to go in he's like i'm just gonna drink as much as i can oh, until man. we get up to the gate you know <laughs> And I'll, and I'll just throw it if I have to. And as he's getting closer, dude, he's in front of me, and he just he picks his hands up over his head as he walks to the security guard, and he's holding the beer in his hand. And the dude just frisks him down, and he's like, all right, go ahead, go on your way. And he just walked right past him and kept on drinking. That's killer. It's yeah. perfect, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I definitely have gone stuck alcohol into those concerts, too. And, yeah, there was always a, some sort of tactic, and that we we employed we would find you know like seek out the best line to go to right and, but it wouldn't take long but we would just like laser seek okay this is the one and then we would go and and just and it, i don't think people were frisking us back then it was just like if they saw something suspicious they would maybe stop you but i don't even think there was metal detectors back then were there no wands or nothing no they would just they would just pat you down yeah, I, well, I remember not even getting pat and, and down. And the way just... you used to, like you said, the way you determined the line really was you'd watch the the dude patting down. There'd be one dude that would be patting you down like he was a detective. Then there'd be another guy who would give you like a pat on the stomach and a pat on the back and be like, all right, go ahead. Yeah. Like couldn't be bothered to go up and down your pant legs and everything else, you know? Yeah, and if you had, like, you know, it depends on what time of year it was. If it was colder out and you had like a nice puffy jacket, you could right. stick it in the back of your belt and... Yeah, it, it would be easier to bring like a pint or something though, because it's a smaller bottle, and you could put that in your pants. Right, but when you had like your um, a big puffy coat too, you could pick you could pick up your arms, but have the beers in your armpits. Yeah, armpits is a good place. You know, just pick them up just enough, and then the guy would go up until he touched the beers, and then go down your sides. I don't remember. Did they sell alcohol back then in those? They did, but if you, you know, you're going, dude, we're talking high school. You're going to we a concert, going, you're yeah. only like 18, nine, you know, 17, 18, 19 years old. You're not going to be able to buy beer. I don't remember. Like, why wouldn't we have tried, if they were selling alcohol, why wouldn't we have tried to get other people to buy it for us there? Yeah. I don't remember Good doing question. that, though. Because you want to be self-sufficient, and dude, again, you're 17, 18, 19 years old. You don't have, you know, $8 a beer. You'd be like, $8 a beer, I could, you know, two beers, I could buy a whole case. Was it eight dollars back then? Because it's like eight dollars. It's not even. Well, depends where you go. You know what I mean, right? Yeah, I remember just the concerts. Dude, it was not to go. It was no different than we used to play. Like if you played cricket club back in the day, they would charge you full price for beer. Like the band didn't get a break. You know what I mean? If you right. were playing upstairs, so you'd have to bring in a cooler full of beer. In like one of your your band cases typically a drum case bring an extra case and load it up yeah sure. and then bring yeah. it into the back loading you know the dressing room area and drink back there because 
you'd go to the bar, you know, five guys in the band, you go get around, you know, it was 20 bucks. Right. Every time a guy went up. Then if you had crew guys with you, you know, another three, four guys, you know, that that's a $35 trip every time. Forget that, dude. Yeah. Like you said, you buy a case for like 15 bucks. You buy two of them for 30, you're set. Right. I remember that at the at the the Brennan Burns shows too, the Meadowlands. Uh, like you were saying, like your buddy's like, I'm gonna just gonna drink as much as I can before I get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the mentality in the parking lot. It's like, all right, let's just we gotta start pounding, so we have a good buzz once Motley Crue goes on. Right, once right once we get in because you weren't buying beer when you were in there. Right, right, right. Know? So we, and then the event that you got, you know, you couldn't sneak it in or you got caught, you know, they confiscated it. Then you had to be ready. Yeah. And hopefully you had at least one friend who was able to smuggle something in, like a, a pint of something, and, and share it with you. <laughs> and then the pot smoking was that was like easy. Back then it was like, like you you could just do it, and you wouldn't be worried about uh, getting busted for it. Or I think it, I mean, I don't know. I remember that we at least waited till the lights went out or something to light a joint, or most people did anyway. Yeah, but it, they were very lax, like you said. No one was coming around really making a big deal out of anything, you know? Yeah. Oh, you'll smoke a pot at a concert. Ooh. <laughs> and, like, regular smoking was allowed anyway, so there was always smoke in the air. Yeah, now that now they've really cracked down. It's not like that anymore. Oh, no, no, never. It will never no, go back at to all. That. Never go back to that. They're done. Uh, but I... He's uh, vaping. I, I mean, concerts, they'll never be like they were for me ever again. And and hopefully I'll get to go to concerts. Hopefully, I mean, you know, it sh- we should be able to just kind of go back to the way it was with concerts and be okay. People will be m- much more careful and, and places will be much more sanitary. They'll have to be. Um, but, you know, I, I really enjoy that experience, man, more than most other things in life the the live energy of a, a a band anything could happen there's david lee roth right there you know <laughs> that kind of feeling that i had when i was right. a kid yeah that's i still kind of get that when i go to a, like a big arena show um you know nothing nothing beats it man the live experience now like you said not, not for the rest of this year yeah, yeah, it's looking that way. We uh the the uh Louisiana is going to phase 2 I think the end of this week, but New Orleans is not because the mayor has decided that the numbers are not good enough to her liking because it's a tourist destination and she wants to ensure that that it's safe. So she is uh She's not going along with the rest of the state, which means bars still stay closed for now. Wow. Yeah. Which, again, it's fine by me. It really is. I like this time to do the things I'm doing. I need, oh, yeah, before we run out of time. We're we're doing this. I came up with this idea because I like to play puzzles. I've always liked to play puzzles. Since I was a kid. And, And I have a phone where I can play puzzles. And I play, the only thing I play is Jeopardy. I like that's my fun game and I play it a lot Um, and then I was thinking last week man 
I wish I could come up with a game for for the website for for Coverman Central. You know, something that would be fun because that's something that I enjoy. So I think other people would enjoy it too. Um, and I was trying to think of it like a Jeopardy type idea, and then I thought, well, how about something just simple like a daily newspaper type of thing, cl- crossword puzzle or word search. And and uh, I did a little research on it, and I saw there were possibilities. And then I asked Chunk about it a couple of days ago, and he said, yeah. He said, I love the idea. And within, I mean, it didn't even take a half hour, I don't think, before he had the uh, the plug-in and, and then uh, later showed me how to use it. And now I'm making uh, word search puzzles <laughs> every day. That, or that's my plan, anyway. Oh, boy. <laughs> Why do you say that? <laughs> Puzzle time. Yeah, well, so I, what I need is some ideas for themes. I want to theme them all. But I want, uh, like, I need some definitely uh, interesting ideas, like off-the-beaten-path ideas. So, like what? Like, give me one example. Well, so the first one I did was today, and and I just themed it guitar, and I put all words that relate to the guitar, like fret, neck, strings, bridge, uh, intonation was one, um, and I picked like eleven words or twelve words, and it just automatically generates a word search, and then you go and you do it. So, so I'm um, you know the basics would be like bass, vocals, keyboards. Um, uh, uh, you know, just like naming instruments or naming or, or going with themes of artists. How about bands? tempo? How about what? Tempo. Tempo? Mm-hmm. So what words would be f- with tempo? That's for you to figure out. I'm just coming up with the ideas. Oh, n- well, tempo. So tempo. <laughs> <laughs> tempo, know. like, you know, beat. Yeah. Tempo. Yeah, so metronome. I, metronome. Right. Beat, metronome, speed. Notes. Yeah, it's not bad. You know, you could get a bunch you could pick up a bunch of stuff with that. Fast, slow. Then you can go to like Allegro and different phrases, languages. Oh ah, yes, that's good. That's not bad actually. I'm gonna write that down. Take you on a whole ski slope journey with that one. Okay, that's a good one. Um, and you're looking for ma- mainly music-related? Yeah, but I want to try to make it somewhat... How about Sound Man? Sound Man, that could be something like, yeah, Sound Man, Sound Man. Um, yeah, that's good, Sound Man. Um, and I, I, one I was thinking of is like cover band No-No's. And they would be like shorts, um, iPad, <laughs> music stand, um, you know. Right. Like yeah. a viol- uh, girlfriend would, could be a word I put in there. Um, yeah. Just, just. I got a great one. How about forgotten things? Forgotten things. I like that. Yes. Get to the gig and realize that you have forgotten blank. Yes. I like that. That's good. That's very good. That's what that's. That's what I'm thinking now. Now you got me. I got you. Forgotten things. 
capo pick. That's a, yeah, that, um, that's a really good one. Um, drum, uh, drum key. <laughs> drum key. Drum, yeah. yeah, drum key. He's big. Um, Mike Cable. Mike. Um, wallet. <laughs> <laughs> right. Set list. Set list, yeah. Perfect. All kinds of stuff can come with that. Yeah, that's a, that's a gimme right there. I got to write those down right now. <laughs> what did you say? Set list. Picks. Wait, I, oh, I recorded this. This is recorded. I can go back and write it down later. <laughs> you don't have to write anything down, more. dude. To rewind. Picture. Picks. Got, oh, this is recorded, dude. Good. <laughs> All right. Um, so I did the first puzzle, and it was today, guitar, and... I don't know. It's it's something. It's a distraction. It's a, it's a time waster for two minutes, or however long it takes you to make it, do a word search. Um, that is fun and you know music related. Things so seen from the stage. Yeah, think well, right. Things. <laughs> that's actually funny. I gotta write this down now too. All right. <laughs> Things. Uh, so little time. So much wisdom, Steve. Yes. So much. Um. All right, so the, yeah, I'm gonna try to do this every day. So they'll be available on CoverbandCentral.com, and you can check it out if you're interested. That wraps up 99, man. 99, it's dude. 100. Steve's have 100. Come back and join us next week. Try to join us live for episode 100. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.